With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, and I'm joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great. Just uh, working on draft stuff, talking to a few more people and trying to get ready for the big day. Yeah, we are all knee deep in the drafts, at least knee deep in the draft. Scott, uh, how are you doing today? Scott Pasco joining us as well. Um, I'm doing good. I just realized that everybody in the NFL is going to be doing exactly this for the draft. <laughs> this, we, we are like we're doing the practice run every day here on these podcasts with uh, with the video aspect of it so uh yeah i'm excited to see how this works i'm uh, I'm, I'm excited to see roger goodell's basement on uh a yeah. week from thursday <laughs> that'll be interesting and also just so everybody knows we kind of officially announced it today we all kind of knew it was coming but we're going to be doing an absolutely enormous one of these on thursday night at, at seven we're going to have a big Zoom call with all of our football insider subscribers. Well, not all of them. We have a limit of 100, but as many as we can fit in there, uh, we're going to have a big uh, pre-draft Zoom show. So if you want to get involved in that, uh, in a little while, I'm going to tell you about Football Insider and how you can sign up because we're going to text out that information uh, before the show and everybody can join in. It'll be interesting to see all of uh, all those smiling faces here on my screen as, as we host a big draft show. Uh, so anyway, let's get to it. We're going to actually talk something that's not draft-related here off the top because uh, Christian McCaffrey yesterday uh, agreed to a huge contract extension with the Carolina Panthers. It's four years. It's about $16 million per year. And, of course, this is always relevant to Browns fans. Whenever a, an edge rusher signs a big contract, a quarterback, uh, a cornerback, and a running back, right? Those are kind of the the big four positions where the Browns have – potential superstar players. So uh, in, in regards to Nick Chubb, we're going to talk a little bit about this. Uh, Mary Kay, let's start here. How relevant do you think this contract is with, with Christian McCaffrey to Nick Chubb's future? With, of course, remembering that Nick Chubb is still under contract for two more years. You know what? I don't know if it's an apples to apples comparison. I mean, it really seems to me like Christian McCaffrey is more of a hybrid type of a player. He's almost a running back receiver, maybe a little bit more so like a Kareem Hunt more so than he is a Nick Chubb. So uh, you can pay more of a premium for someone, someone who's going to catch a lot of passes for you, score a lot of touchdowns and has that sort of versatility. I don't know if it's the same thing. Scott, do you do you see a comparison there between the two? Or are you kind of with Mary Kay on this? You know, that's similar to what I thought. Um, 
you know, McCafferty does so many different things for them. And when I, when I saw um, that contract, I thought maybe more along the lines of Kareem Hunt, you know, if that's, that's what the Browns have that fits into that mold, you know, and uh, when it comes to contracts, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's what the Browns would look at more than Nick Chubb. Well, yeah, no, there's, there's probably a Kareem Hunt discussion to be had here uh, <laughs> with, with the Browns as, as we move along here. But, um, you know, look, I, I felt the same way. I, I can't disagree with you guys. Obviously, uh, Christian McCaffrey had the third best season in NFL history as far as yards from scrimmage is concerned. He uh, put up the highest total since Chris Johnson set the record back in 2009. You got to go back to Marshall Falk to find the number, the number two guy. You know, a 1,000, 1,000 season the year before. He had a 1,000-yard rushing, 800-yard receiving season. So he's put up those hybrid numbers. But that being said, I've got to imagine that Nick Chubb and his agent, when it does come time to sit down and negotiate an extension of some kind, which he is eligible for after this coming season, uh, they're at least going to mention that contract. There's at least a, a battle to be had there between Nick Chubb's people and the Browns' front office, at least to some degree. I think the thing also to keep in mind here is the fact that, once again, this is a very analytics-driven front mm-hmm. office, and they will have uh, – each position will have a certain value. And I'm not sure that running back is going to be valued at $16-plus million a year. So, you know, we'll have to see how that goes when the time comes. Nick has been very, very valuable. He's almost the face of the Browns right now. He's, uh, you know, he's great in the community. He, he's just relentless on the football field. Everybody loves him. And, you know, nobody wants to let him get away. But there will be a price that they will pay for a running back. And at this point, I'm not 100% certain uh, that they'll be willing to go that high. Yeah, as, as good as Nick Chubb has been the last two years, or really the last season and a half, after he really started to get carries there in 2018, we haven't seen him in this new offense and I think this year is going to tell us a lot about what kind of value Nick Chubb has to the Browns, because we're going to see a whole season of him with Kareem Hunt. We only saw half of that last year. And when it comes time to talk contract, they're going to have Kareem Hunt in their back pocket. You know, it's, it's a little different with, with Carolina. Um, they obviously wanted to, to lock him up. Um, but the Browns have two guys here who obviously can get the job done and you know, how they each perform this season is going to go a long way to determining what kind of deals are done. We don't know what kind of contract Kareem Hunt's going to have when it comes time to, uh, to sign Nick Chubb. And I think, uh, you know, that could be something that, that the Browns could use in their favor when it comes to negotiating. Yeah, I mean, I mean honestly, we don't even know if Kareem Hunt will be here. Uh, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a restricted free agent right now. Uh, it seems like this is headed towards him either coming to some agreement with the Browns or, or playing under that, that tender. Um, I guess the thing is, you know, so Kareem Hunt could maybe enter free agency next year. You know, Nick Chubb still has two years under his contract. So that's an interesting situation. But the Browns do have great value at that position right now, which is which is incredible. Mary Kay, you were going to say something before I, I jumped in there. And you know what? And I absolutely can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I – was thinking that both of these guys are really young too. So, I mean, you can look at it from that aspect. I mean, Kareem Hunt uh, has only played, 
you know, he, he has only played, what, one and a half, uh, two full seasons when you put them together right now. Uh, so really, he's got fresh legs. This is an opportunity for him to go out this season and, and prove to this club uh, what he can be and, and what he wants to be in the NFL to rehabilitate himself off the field, on the field, to get back to doing all of those things that, that they need him to do. And, and he can kind of write his own ticket after that. 35 games for Kareem Hunt. So yeah, essentially two seasons. Um, now, one thing I do want to go back to point out or, or to talk about that Scott brought up is in my mind, I think this offense is designed really for Nick Chubb to have a, an enormous year. I, I think he's a really, he's a classic, you know, zone blocking back. I think he's that one cut, make a decision, go type of running back. I think, you know, when he had those struggles in the red zone last year and the Browns struggles in the red zone, they always got a little cute with them and they were calling all these little cutback runs and things like that. But you go back and look at Nick Chubb's biggest runs. And I had a chance to talk to some of the offensive linemen last year for a story about the kind of runner that Chubb is. You go back and look at those big runs, whether it's the two against Oakland in 2018, uh, the, the 92 yarder against the Falcons, the runs he had last year. It's very much get the ball, make a decision and go. I think he's got the potential to put up huge numbers if he gets those opportunities this year in Kevin Stefanski's offense. And you know what? And he, and he does. And you're absolutely right about that. But with the offensive line that they have, with the line that they're building, I think there are a lot of running backs that you could put back there. And again, they're not all created equal. Some are really amazing. And Nick Chubb, again, is so relentless. Uh, you know, he just never goes down. On, on one tackle and he'll run right over people and through people. Uh, but I do think that with an offensive line of this caliber uh, that you could, uh, you know, you could find other people that could make a lot of yards behind these guys. So in the event that you had to move on or you didn't want to uh, pay the kind of money that he might command somewhere else, uh, I do think it's a position that you can find other people at. Yeah. I think that the big, analytical way of looking at it is that the running back doesn't matter as much as it used to and as we've said the Browns are going you know strong into analytics territory and I think that when you look at the running back you're right and you look what the 49ers had in the Super Bowl you know they had a guy who was on uh, who couldn't make the Browns a couple years before <laughs> that so um, yeah I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry look at the offense and think you know what we don't have to pay anybody huge numbers to be successful in this offense in the backfield. And remember, this is the, like the Shanahan type of offense mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, you, you got, you look at Denver and like every year they had a, a running back that was amazing. You know, it's just the, the kind of offense that is built for that. And you don't necessarily need a superstar. You can create a superstar. The, the other part of the analytics discussion is, you know, it's, it's supposed to equip you to make decisions without emotion right? You're supposed to be able to just look at, look at decisions and try and make those decisions free of emotion. And Nick Chubb is going to be an emotional decision at some point. You know, he, he is a vintage Browns back. You can close your eyes and just en envision Nick Chubb running in, a, in black and white, you know, in, in one of those old Browns uniforms. We're going to talk lots of uniform tomorrow, but you, but you can close your eyes and just see that. You know, fans obviously love him. Uh, fans love a running back here in Cleveland for obvious reasons. So the Browns are going to have to try and make this decision with the kind of all of that swirling around them. And, you know, again, it's worth mentioning 
he's really great value for the next two years. And, and they don't have to make this decision for two more years. So, so we're talking way, way ahead. It's just because of this big extension from McCaffrey. But it, it'll be interesting to see how they approach that kind of free of emotion, if they're able to step away from that a little bit. And it's almost hard for teams who get great running backs because fans do attach themselves to those guys. But then we also see, you know, look at Kansas City. They probably would have given Kareem Hunt a ton of money. They ended up having to cut him because of the incident that happened uh, at the nine. And they end up winning a Super Bowl with him in Cleveland. So, you know, they, they almost got bailed out from, from having to do that. So it's always a difficult decision when you have one of these elite backs. Yeah, and the other thing, I did remember what I was going to say before. Uh, that's That's been happening a lot lately. I don't know if it's uh, quarantine or what. But um, the fact that uh, Nick Chubb, this big payday that you're talking about coming up, or potentially big payday, coincides with having to pay Miles Garrett a ton of money. Yes. Having to pay Baker Mayfield a ton of money. I mean, if Baker Mayfield is what the Browns expect him to be this year, he is going to hit the absolute absolute jackpot with numbers that are almost unfathomable per year so that's another thing timing is going to be everything and will you be able to allocate that kind of money to Nick Chubb when all that is going on yeah that's the real decision that the Browns are gonna have to make not how much you not how much will Nick Chubb pay it's who will you pay because mm -hmm. like you said a lot of these guys are coming up around the same time and a lot of people are going to be deserving of, of bigger contracts it, it, is almost, it is almost timed out perfectly. And, and some of it depends on when guys want to do extensions. But, you know, it's almost timed out where you can, you can do Miles' contract first. You know, and then you can move on and uh, you can take a look at Baker's contract, which you'd want to do ASAP if he has a big year this year. Uh, Denzel Ward's contract. You know, and then kind of Nick Chubb's contract maybe comes after that, which is where maybe after next offseason you do get into a little – does Nick Chubb push it a little bit and try and get paid? Yeah, that's all obviously speculative, but um, you know, it, it's all kind of set up where they can do some things in order. And then you, you almost have a built-in excuse if they do decide to move on from him. Yeah. And you know what? And that is why uh, you're seeing all these one-year contracts right now that Andrew Barry is, is doing, because if it works out uh, that some of these guys leave in free agency they're going to get compensatory picks at a time when they're having to pay all these big salaries. Uh, this will enable them to have a, a little bounty of draft picks whereby they can fill in some pieces and parts and some holes uh, in a very economically feasible way. These are good problems to have though. Think, think yeah. a couple of years ago, we weren't talking about people getting huge extensions and, and what are they going to do uh, about, you know, paying a running back. It was, Times have changed for these Browns and, uh, you know, fans might get a little antsy about, uh, you know, the team being able to not keep this player or that player, but this is the price of success and the price of having good players on your team at multiple positions. It's, it's, you got to make those decisions and, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch how, how they make that all work for them. If they are able to sign all these people and, and keep them in a, you know, keep them together for, for that window that, you know, that you hope you have as a team. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. It's good to have these problems. You want to have good players. And when we, we discuss this stuff, it's these players reaching their ultimate potential, right? If you end up having to pay Baker Mayfield a ton of money, it's because he lived up to being the number one pick and the franchise quarterback. You know, the reason you're going to pay Miles Garrett a lot of money is because he has a chance to be a game-changing type of pass rusher and live up to being the number one pick in the draft. And, uh, you know, this was never a discussion with, Justin Gilbert or you know name any name a bunch of other first round picks that this team had come through here uh, over the years that just never even got to that fifth year option uh, you know the Browns have the Browns are in a good position I, th I think probably the contracts to watch are going to be Derrick Henry uh, we, we have the Ezekiel Elliott contract he's probably a little more of a comp although he's still you know he, he's really a true three down back too uh, just Saquon Barkley is going to come up soon at some point it's just one of those things where it seems like every year we, we look at a running back and say, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy that you absolutely have to resign. And then two years later, that guy is Todd Gurley. It's, yeah. it's such a tough position to judge. Yeah. And, and like you guys have said before uh, that, you know, when you have two of them, when you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, uh, you might not need to pay Nick Chubb $16 million a year because you've got another really great back. So uh, there will be decisions to make. Well, like I said, though, Browns fans, you get to enjoy Nick Chubb for two more years, at least, you know, and maybe he wants to stick around in Cleveland and he gives the Browns a little bit of a discount. Whatever. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll cross that bridge. When we get. This is a way too early discussion on Nick Chubb's contract. But uh, look, we're doing one of these every day. And, and that was the first thing that came into my mind when I, I saw that Christian McCaffrey extension. Okay, I told you guys about this draft uh, show we're going to do, this virtual draft show that we're doing Thursday night at 7, and it's for our Football Insider. So this is how you can get involved with Football Insider. First of all, let me tell you what it is. It's not just this virtual draft show. It's texts daily from Mary Kay, Scott, me, Ellis Williams. We give you the inside scoop and analysis on things. Sometimes before it even shows up on our website, we text you big breaking news first. We'll certainly have some things on the uniforms tomorrow when those come out, so some analysis and, and stuff like that. But, and we'll want to hear from you as well on those. You can text with us directly, and we'll text back to you as well. You can cut through all that clutter of social media uh, where hopefully all of you guys are following us as well. You also get an exclusive insider newsletter every morning. Like I said, it's only for insiders. It doesn't show up on cleveland.com slash brown. So I wrote about Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey today, and the only people that saw that were our insiders. Mary Kay saved part of her Hey Mary Kay column uh, for the insiders. Scott, speaking of uniforms, did a breakdown of that uniform teaser video uh, that the Browns sent out. So this is exclusive stuff that you can't get anywhere else. You can try a 14-day free trial that you can cancel anytime with one text. After that, it's $3.99 a month, which is less than 14 cents a day. And we have been seeing this insider community grow and grow. I've, I've said this a few podcasts in a row, but every day I look at that subscriber number and, and it seems to be ticking up every single day. So if you want to join, uh, go to cleveland.com slash Browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page, or... Better yet, text me at 216-208-3965. Again, that's 216-208-3965. You do that now. You do that before Thursday night at 7. You're going to be able to get in on this Football Insider digital-only draft show. We're going to text out that information to all of our subscribers. Okay, speaking of Football Insider, the other thing we did was a mock draft where Scott, you went through and you assigned a bunch of a bunch of our subscribers as GMs. 
and they all got to have a team and we've been texting them over the last week and getting their picks. We're actually through, I think as of today, we're going to get through 35 or pretty close to 35. And we've unveiled the first 10 picks now on cleveland.com slash Brown. So I I wanted to talk about this subtext mock draft and how it's been going. So I've got it pulled up in front of me And, and let's just start with these first two picks. It's Joe Burrow, number one to Cincinnati and Chase Young, number two to Washington. No big surprises there. Uh, did, did either of you expect anything different from our, uh, from our texting GMs? Uh, I think it was a pleasant surprise that everybody uh, took it serious, number one. <laughs> we didn't see, you know, uh, K.J. Hill go number one or something. Um, no, I thought that was, you know, it's, I think that's what everybody expected. And, yeah, it was good to see. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only question has been, you know, would, would Tua go as high as, as number two? Um, and, you know, there, there was a little bit of thought about that. But this went kind of according to what most mock drafts are doing. And I think what all of us kind of think will happen. Yeah, I've been wondering about that Tua to Washington thing, if, if that could somehow at some point come into play, sort of like what we saw uh, with Josh Rosen and the Cardinals last year when, when they took Kyler Murray and traded Josh Rosen. But the buzz for that was kind of building pretty early. I remember back at the Combine, we were hearing things that, hey, they really like Kyler Murray. And, of course, there was a Cliff Kingsbury thing. I, I just don't know if, if the Redskins would, would go that route. All right, let's talk about the next uh, four picks here. Again, nothing real surprising. It's uh, Jeffrey Okuda going number three to Detroit. Wonder if that pick might be in play for a trade. We didn't allow trades, though, so uh, you had to make the pick. Isaiah Simmons to the Giants at four. So there goes all of our Isaiah Simmons topics that we talk about all the time. Tua to Miami at five. And then kind of the pick that surprised me the most, I guess, although it didn't surprise me that much, uh, Mike and Westlake had Jordan Love going to the Chargers at number six. So that was the uh, third quarterback off the board at number six. It's Love to the Chargers. I don't know. Surprised me a little bit. What did you think, Scott? Um, yeah, that, that stood out. I think before that, though, uh, Simmons going to the Giants. Um, I, I haven't seen that a lot in mock drafts. I've seen them taking a, uh, a tackle and, or, or trading down. And like you said, we did not uh, allow trades. But uh, in, in a real world, if Simmons were sitting there, I could see Gettleman pulling off a trade to move down and still get a tackle. Um, but, yeah, Love going as the third quarterback to the Chargers. You know, there are some people who really like him. And I, I don't know. I think if that happened in the draft, I think that would be one of the, the big shocks of the first 10 picks. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they, they, do, have to, they do have to replace Phillip. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it, it's time to, to be thinking about the future. So, although I'm sure that seems high, I mean, you, you know, you pick quarterbacks that high. That's, you know, you get them when you mm-hmm. can. It doesn't matter if – you know, if they're only worth uh, 18, if you have six, you have to take them at six. So, uh, you know, that, that trumps everything. You have to have your quarterback. So uh, if you think he's your guy, then it's, it's really never too high, in my opinion. Yeah, we've, we, of course, have, have seen what the, uh, the Terod Taylor starting quarterback kind of does. It, it's, you know, he's, he does the work he's supposed to do. He's a good quarterback, but it, it kind of wears off a little bit quickly, especially when you're moving into a new stadium and, and trying to get a part of that, that LA fan base. 
Okay, so the three picks leading up to the Browns. Uh, Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn to Carolina. Uh, Jedrick Wills goes to, uh, goes to Arizona at number eight. And then at number nine, Tristan Wirfs to Jacksonville. So if the draft were to fall this way, obviously that would leave the Browns pick. It, did it kind of fall the way, the, the right way for the Browns here in this scenario? Do they kind of have the guy they want sitting there at number 10? Well, you know, it gives them an opportunity to select either Andrew Thomas or Makai Becton at number 10. And overwhelmingly, our subtexters, our, Brown, our Browns football insiders, chose Andrew Thomas there ahead of mm -hmm. Becton. Uh, I was a little bit surprised about that. I counted it up. 89 people voted. We put that out to, uh, to all of our subtexters, the 380 or so subtexters. 89 voted. 57 chose Andrew Thomas there. Now, we had provided them with the list of nine. So it's not like they chose Andrew Thomas over, over Wirfs or Wills or anything yeah. like that. Uh, they knew who was gone. So, uh, it, you know, if it was going to be tackled, it was really, really going to come down to Thomas or Becton, the, the man mountain uh, from Louisville. <laughs> so um, I was a little bit surprised that 57 went for Andrew Thomas here. Uh, so that, that kind of shocked me a little bit. I, I thought maybe there would be more people that were into Becton. And I actually uh, put the post up today and, um, and you can read a bunch of comments from our football insiders on why they liked Andrew Thomas there. But yeah, I thought that that was kind of interesting and it sort of does fall exactly the way the Browns would probably like it to there. Yeah, I think by the time we got to pick number 10, everything had kind of, uh, not that everything went off course, but uh, like I said, Simmons to the Giants and Love to the Chargers may have maybe a little different than how it could go in the real draft. But by, we, by the time we got to 10, I think it was the decision that the Browns are gonna face. It's gonna be between two different tackles. Um, and there might even be one left, but I think Thomas, uh, if, again, if you want to go by mock drafts, uh, there seems to be a movement that, that Thomas is the guy. Now we, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen movements towards one person that didn't really turn out that way, uh, like Sam Darnold, but, uh, but Thomas seems to be the guy most linked up to the Browns. And I think a lot of our, our, uh, our subscribers uh, probably felt the same way. So, I mean, you, you come away with a, with a guy who, you know can step in at left tackle and a guy who's uh, considered to be uh, uh, able to move pretty well. So, you know, I think that might be one of the things that people look at that Becton and wonder if he can be a guy who, who moves as well as maybe you'd want in, a, in the zone blocking scheme. In, in, in the real world, though, Andrew Thomas, uh, you know, might gain enough steam heading into this draft he, that he might not be around at number 10. I mean, he just might mm -hmm. not be there. He is – Pro Football Focus's number one rated tackle in this draft. And a lot of teams uh, subscribe heavily and really believe in the analytics site, pff.com. Uh, we know that traditionally the Browns have really put a lot of stock in those kinds of rankings and the, and the analytics of, of PFF. And, uh, and if other teams see it that way too, Andrew Thomas might not make it all the way to number 10. And interestingly enough, they've got Mackay Becton number five, not just number four. They have him number five, which I was very surprised about that. Yeah. All it takes is one, you know, none of our, uh, none of our football insiders, you know, kind of flew off the handle here in, in this and, and made some crazy pick, but look, all it takes is one, one GM who wants to trade up or, 
decides, hey, this is absolutely the guy that I want. I don't care where I'm picking him. This is our guy. That's all it takes to kind of shake up the draft. But uh, I'll say this. If, if the draft goes this way next Thursday, we might see a shot of Andrew Barry doing cartwheels in his basement. I don't know if Andrew Barry can still do a cartwheel or not. I think, he, I think maybe he can. Uh, I, I think we'll see, see uh, him doing cartwheels in his basement uh, before he turns in this card. And, uh, I mean, the draft kind of falls perfectly for the Browns in, in this simulation. Yeah, and I don't think we make it through the first nine picks without a trade. Um, you know, somebody like the Colts could trade up and, and, and try to get somebody like Jordan Love, uh, you know. Uh, I, I don't, I think we're going to see a trade up for a quarterback. Um, but again, by the time the Browns do pick, I'm, I think they're going to have multiple tight uh, left tackles to pick from. I don't see all four going plus Simmons in the first nine picks. I think that would be kind of surprising. So if, like I said, if they do come away with Andrew Thomas, that, that's, that's a good place for them to be. And when you look at the, the two that were taken before Andrew Thomas at number 10, Wills and Wirfs, uh, those are two guys that primarily played right tackle in college. Now, Andrew Barry has downplayed that. Uh, he cites, you know, Jack Conklin as an example of a guy that makes a seamless transition from right tackle in college to left tackle in the pros. And he cited a couple of other guys uh, that have done that as well. So, um, you know, so maybe that won't be an issue. But I, I don't know that every single team will view it that way. Uh, people might like that left tackle experience that an Andrew Thomas and a Becton have. Okay. Well, appreciate our uh, football insider subscribers who signed up to BGMs. We're going to be rolling out that full mock draft uh, on the site over the next week or so. If you want to see the full mock draft, remember that exclusive insider newsletter I told you about. It's in there every single day, updated with the latest five picks. And like I said, uh, we're finishing that thing up. We're going to stop at number 41. And I believe it's tomorrow. I, I think I'm collecting the last five picks and then fans are going to get a chance to vote on number 41, but you've got to be subscribed. So uh, make sure you check that out. And you want to get in on this draft show. It's going to be Mary Kay, Scott, me, Ellis, and Doug Maurice. We're going to do a Q&A. Uh, we're going to show you our, our kind of perfect Browns drafts as we see them as well. So, so it should be a fun experience as we kind of try and figure out uh, this new Zoom life that we're all dealing with. Uh, so that'll do it for our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. For Scott and Mary Kay, I am Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.